You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Ladies and gentlemen, we're doing our player profiles and projections for Los Knicks. We got the Talking Knicks crew. We're going around the horn today. We are discussing the shooting guard, the second scorer, or the second creator, as we'll hear talked about in a little bit. Courtney Lee, the 32-year-old, soon to be 33, Knicks two guard for a couple years now. And let's first let's go around the horn. We'll start with Greggy Poon. Greg, how you doing? And what what do you just some thoughts on Courtney Lee? I'm doing well. It's good to be back. Love yeah. talking Knicks. Courtney Lee, man. He's, he's really just a stable player. You're not going to get a superstar. Although this season, you know, who knows what's going to happen. One thing that will be interesting to see is if he starts or not. Because you got uh, last season when him him and Tim Hardaway Jr. were playing the two and the three. And uh, this season you got a guy like Trey Burke who might start at the one. Frank could start at the two. Or maybe he's starting at the one. I don't know. So just based on how Fisdale wants to, to play these guys – It'll be it'll come into play how how Courtney Lee is going to play, but I mean you're going to get what you're going to get from him. He's going to give you 12 points, four rebounds, three assists, or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know what he averages, but just, he's just going to be he's just going to be a very stable force for the Knicks. 12 points, two 2.9 rebounds, and 2.4 assists last year. Yeah, that and that's close. that's the other brother, doom and gloom. Kenny Poon, Kenny Poon, how are you doing? What do you, what do you, some Courtney Lee thoughts, just, just 10,000 feet. What do you got, brother? Hey buddy. Um, I'm, I think I'm a bigger, uh, Courtney Lee fan than most. Uh, I, I like to think that his game resembles my own. He's, uh, you know, three and D guy. Although, you know, he does, he does more than that. I know last year he was a lot more kind of creative than I, I thought about, um, prior to seeing him on the Knicks, but you know, he's, like Greg said, he's a very dependable player and he's a very good player for a lot of teams. I just don't know that he's a good player for a Knicks team that is currently developing. Cause like he brings a lot to the table and I think he, he plays some uh, winning basketball and he, you know, knows his role, but you know, the Knicks are a developing team and they're going to be developing players this year. And I just don't know where he fits. So we can talk about that a little more, but there's your preview. I like that, and you've always, always have to have an ace in a hole. The recently married Tom Piccolo, Tommy P, how you doing? And some Courtney Lee. What, what do you got, guys? I'm I'm doing pretty well. Hope you all had a had a good summer. Mine was mine was pretty uneventful. <laughs> now, but Courtney Lee, Kenny, I'll disagree with you a little bit as far as you questioning whether he's good for this Knicks team in terms of their development. I think. What Lee brings to the table is obviously a, a lot of shooting, and even he's a little underrated in the in the like Jake said the secondary playmaking. He he can kind of create off the bounce a little bit, and so I think he really would take some pressure off of someone like Frank Nielakina if he's asked to run the one. Um, first of all, he just provides better spacing. Frank at the two would be kind of a 
an issue not to go too uh, deep here. But I think Courtney Lee, if he's getting minutes with a lot of the younger guys, that's a huge plus because he does provide some some spacing and relieves some of that pressure um, from uh, some of the younger point guards. And Tom, I, I think that's going to be a really interesting thing that I want to see how we circle around it because we are in that flux state with the Knicks where how, you know, Courtney Lee, great veteran presence or Courtney Lee taking minutes from some of the young guys. So we'll, we'll circle around that. Let's we'll, we'll do a little backstory. If, if you're somewhat new Courtney Lee, he's 10 seasons in the league at Western Kentucky. Good for you, Courtney Lee. Um, Averaged as as we as we heard some stats before, he averaged twelve points, two point nine rebounds, two point four assists, a forty percent three point shooter on three point seven attempts. Important when you're doing three and D ball. And again, his role kind of fizzled uh, towards the end when the Knicks season was done. But he, I mean, this was his second highest point per game. And I know we had a lot of debates last year of, you know, could we flip Courtney Lee for a first round pick, Tom? <laughs> kind of won that argument. We we thought we'd easily get one if we wanted. Now we, bet a, we bet a face tattoo on it, and now I have a face tattoo. So Tom. cheers to you, Tom. You're lucky it's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we're, all, we're all lucky it's a podcast. But, I mean, Courtney Lee, I, I mean, last year he played pretty well for us. Greg, I'm going to shoot it to you, and let, let's do last year a little bit. What I mean – what do you think about Courtney Lee from last year? He, he kind of did everything we asked from him, right? Yeah. When the Knicks were had their sights set on the playoffs, he was perfect. Just a, a guy, he's guarding. He, he was their best defender in their starting lineup, which uh, maybe not saying much, but he, he's, huh. he's a good defender. And then he's, he's knocking down threes. And uh, it's, you just need a, a stable force like that who, who doesn't need the ball and can just – Chris Dabbs kick it out to him and he knocks it down. And having a stable guy like that when you're trying to win is great. Um, maybe the Knicks aren't trying to win this year, but last year when they were for half a season, he was he was a good guy. Kenny Poon, I'm gonna spin it to you a little. Uh, your your thoughts from Courtney Lee last year? You like you like what you saw, Big Daddy? Yeah. So like I said, Courtney and like Greg just said, you know he's a he's a winning basketball player and he fits well into a lineup the problem was last year for long stretches of the year he was the second best player on the court i don't know if he is that player um or if he is you know designed to be that player i think he's more you know your third or fourth option than the second option but like greg said early in the season he was killing it i know you know through the first half of the season he was you know top five in in three-point shooting i think he was shooting some ridiculous percentage like 45 percent from three early on like up until maybe the all-star break and that's a good player to have on your team when you're going for it you know like you said he's almost 33 he's six days away from his 33rd birthday and i just you know i know i know tom thinks that he's a good guy to have on the court but the the knicks have a lot of a lot of guards that they're going to want to give minutes to and i just don't know if uh if courtney lee fits into that mold and tom i mean Either straighten us out or don't straighten us out, because I know what you said with those shooting guards. He's he has some very good player comps. Yet he's he's never been on a great team. Where last year on Courtney Lee and kind of how he should be viewed around the league. I guess I don't know. You tell me. Well, it's funny with Courtney Lee because you kind of think of him as a as more of a catch and shoot guy, 
Um, and just going through some of his stats last year, about a third of his shots came off catch and shoots. But even more so, he took 41% of his total shots on pull-ups outside of 10 feet, so mid-range pull-up jumpers. I mean, he was, uh, he was definitely aggressive there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up some stats here, guys. I, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to start writing for the Basketball Index. It's a new website uh, coming out for this season. And they've put together a bunch of their own stats, one of which basically they take different categories, perimeter shooting, off-ball movement, one-on-one play, finishing, uh, playmaking, and they give different grades to the, um, to players in each of those categories. And one that's jumped out at me was Courtney Lee's off-ball movement, which is basically a, it's a combination of NBA.com's offensive speed data, so like how fast he's running around on offense, and then some play type data like handoffs and everything. It's The B-ball index, there's a, there's a whole – sheet on uh, describing how they come up with these different grades. I'm not going to do it justice here and it doesn't make for good radio, but the bottom line is Courtney Lee uh, was, was a D plus in off ball movement among secondary creators, which was surprising to me. I think of him like coming off screens, running around a lot and, uh, and kind of creating some, some space that way for, for his teammates. But um, that didn't seem to be the case according to, uh, to these stats. So what I would like to see from him is when he's playing with the young guys is really to try and create some space, like to sort of sacrifice his own offense in almost like a JJ Redick type of role where he's just sprinting around screens and trying to just create gravity that way and, and open up opportunities for his younger teammates. And if you, you don't mind me jumping in here, Jake, sorry to steal the mic from you, but I think part of that issue last year was that he was asked to do more than he was previously on other teams and he was he was a secondary creator for the Knicks if you know Chris Stapps wasn't available if and he might have been their primary creator outside of who Tim Hardaway Jr cuz like Jared Jack wasn't really creating offense he was a, he was a guy that would bring the ball down and pass it but Courtney Lee he might have been their top their top guy as far as you know catching the ball making something happen and he wasn't really given the option to, you know, be the off-ball guy that's running around screens that kind of we would have expected from him. Well, he, and, and Kenny, that's a, that's a great observation because uh, even based off these stats, uh, the B-Ball Index has Courtney Lee's one-on-one play as an A-minus. So better than 86% of the league, uh, Courtney Lee was in one-on-one play, like isolation type. So he, he got those opportunities and he actually did a lot with them. Yeah, and I think he was put in that position because of kind of the the surrounding cast. And this is what I was saying earlier: is he is a winning piece as a you know third or fourth option, but he was put in the role where he was the one or two option depending on who was in the game. And you know because of that, he wasn't allowed to kind of play to his strengths, which, like you said, is getting open and and shooting. Instead, he was put in the the position to create for the team, which. You know, he, he was good at, but I don't think that's that's his comfort zone. And I, I think it's really funny because you think Courtney Lee, you think 3 and D um, for kind of these mediocre teams. Tom, you mentioned the, the uh, what was it, not creativity, the one-on-one. And I he does have some good one-on-one moves. He's got a good dribble pull-up move. He You expect the three so he can get by you a little bit. Um, I... I don't know. So when we talk about Courtney Lee and we think about this season with the New York Knicks, 
and we're talking worst case, best case scenario. And let's let's rule out injuries or <laughs> unruly contracts or girlfriends breaking up with him or anything like that. And but you 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 can dream a little bit because let's be honest, Courtney Lee is a trade piece, and I think a lot what we're talking about is, and especially with some of the new league rules, we're seeing guys like Kyle Korver with an extended career, JJ Redick. Those guys are a little more elite shooters, but Courtney Lee can bring more on the defensive end than those guys that he can find a role. So I mean, I'll 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 throw mine out there so you guys can kind of mold your piece. I think worst case is. <laughs> and this is going to sound bad, but we see father time catch up with Courtney Lee. He becomes an untradeable asset and we see him blocking minutes for already some, a somewhat crowded backcourt. And I think, I think that would be your worst case, best case scenario. We see what we saw last year. I you're, I'm not going to come out here and be like, you know what? Courtney Lee could average 18 points per game. No, we, we know what Courtney Lee is to a degree, but if he could come out, hit threes at a 41% clip, play solid defense, show he's still he can still run with the young guys. I think you want him kind of arm around the shoulder with the young guys. If you do end up trading him, cool. If not, if he's got a good mentor role, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Greggy, what what give me give me some low end, high end. I think I think Courtney Lee's gonna last the season on the Knicks. Yeah. I mean like I said, twelve points, three rebounds, three assists. That's what you're gonna get. But I mean Here's why I think he's going to last the season on the Knicks because I think if it becomes a negative asset, or which I don't think he will, he'll just be very neutral, maybe overpaid by three million dollars or so. Some a lot of teams are going to have cap next summer, so someone's going to be like, okay, I'll take Courtney Lee for free, I guess. So the the trade that happened this summer that I picture Courtney Lee being a, in a similar trade possibly was Jeremy Lin going to the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks gave up a second-round pick in the rights to some European guy. Jeremy Lin makes $12.5 million. Courtney Lee's going to make 12.7 next year. Jeremy Lin tore his ACL in the very first game of the year, didn't even play the rest of the season. So you could basically just give away a guy like Courtney Lee, I think, next season. Ken? So – I think there's a difference between best case scenario for Courtney Lee and best case scenario and worst case scenario for the Knicks. So for the Knicks, I think worst case scenario is that Courtney Lee doesn't play. He gets put on the back of the bench. He has no trade value because he's not playing. And then, you know, no one knows what he's worth. And then, like Greg said, they give him away next summer or, or, he just doesn't really do anything. And that might also be worst case for uh, for Courtney Lee. So maybe it's not that different. Um, I think for the Knicks, best case scenario is he is, you know, he starts out the season and he plays really well. And then they're able to flip him for something. For Courtney Lee, um, I think like, if he plays the season throughout, uh, throughout the season with the Knicks, I think, you know, he is what he is at this point. I don't think he's going to have a crazy season where he goes off and averages 18 points a game. I think, you know, more of the same of what we got from him last year in that 12, 12 points per game and uh, some creativity and shooting 40% from three is, you know, what we would expect. I, I wouldn't expect a huge uptick from there. Like maybe um, if he's given kind of without Chris Dops there, given a little more free reign, he can uh, tick that up a little bit, but I wouldn't expect him to go crazy. So I think he's... 
if he plays, he's kind of more predictable than a lot of other players and where he's going to land. Tom, you got you got Courtney Lee getting buried on the bench by Moutier. What do you got for me? Yeah, it's it's tricky thinking of like a worst case scenario here. He doesn't seem like a very risky kind of asset at this point. Um, you, you know what you're going to get out of him. I think it kind of goes back to perception a little bit. It your best case scenario is going to be if he can play alongside the young guys. I'm thinking namely Frank, but also Moutier. And and like I said before, take the, the burden of playmaking off those guys, especially Frank, who, you know, he's so young and he struggled with that a little bit in his first season. Like, Courtney Lee could be that kind of mentor-type player and, and on the court really help uh, provide the, the spacing and, and take the pressure off Frank. Worst case scenario is that instead of finding like the right pair, maybe Fisdale just can't find the minutes for him and he just kind of wastes his talents, waste away on the bench. And he's just kind of an overpaid bench guy, kind of like Joakim Noah, Courtney Lee turning into Joakim Noah. That's the worst case scenario. Wow. uh, I don't think anybody could turn into Joakim Noah. Might've been the meanest thing you've ever said about anyone. Yeah. You'd have to try to do that. I, I just had dinner and now I'm regretting it. Um, No, Tom, I, I, I think you're absolutely right, and it's 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 the NBA. When when you fall off, you fall off, and you have to live in fear of that a little bit. I'm I mean I'm not as concerned about that from Courtney Lee, and I'm I'm kind of surprised. It seems like the consensus is that a lot of these young guys are are gonna kind of overtake Courtney Lee. I I don't know. I guess my question, and I'll, I'll send it to Ken, would be: Is that is that optimism by us or is that what, what, where's that coming from? I think that's just kind of, it's optimism in the sense that this is what the Knicks should have been doing for a long time in developing young players. I don't know that it's optimism that this season is going to turn out great just because, you know, Fizdale came in and he has this reputation as a guy who's going to develop players and the Knicks have a lot of young guards. And at some point, some of them aren't going to get minutes and Courtney Lee doesn't fit in with the future of the Knicks. He's about to be 33 years old. He only has, I think one or two years after this year, he's just not, he's not going to be there for the long term. And at some point you just have to develop your players. So like if we go down the list of players who, you know, will be in those backcourt positions, we have Emmanuel Moutier. Uh, we have Frank, we, we have Trey Burke, then you know we have some question marks as far as you know Tim Hardaway Jr. Maybe he's playing three, maybe he's playing two. We have Ron Baker, we have Damian Dotson. Are all those guys going to get minutes? Like, there's no real way. And then you know, waiting in the wings in uh, in Westchester, we have Alonzo Trier, who you know people are high on as a scorer. Whether he ever makes it to the Knicks, I don't know. But you know, that's just a lot of guards, and it's a lot of young guards who, you know, have potential to develop into something that will be an asset for the Knicks in the future. And there's just really not much that the Knicks are playing for that they would, that even though Courtney Lee is a better player right now, that they need to have him on the court. Well, Kenny, do you agree with the the notion that the best way to develop young players is not to just put a bunch of young players on the court and let them figure it out for themselves, but instead to like pair them with guys who they fit with like naturally in terms of their skill sets. So like say you have Moutier playing with Lee and Frank playing with Tim Hardaway Jr. And like it's, it'll, it'll be up to Fisdale to figure that balance out. But I don't know that just giving minutes to a bunch of young guys all at once is even beneficial to them because you need guys who 
know how to play the right way and who are going to complement skill sets. Yeah. And I, I mean, I agree with that to some extent. Um, I'm the leader of the Lance Thomas fan club because I think he's a great guy to have on the bench in terms of leadership. But on the other end, you know, you have all these young guys. I want to, you want to give them minutes. Like there's the, there's what Frank Hornacek did last year or with uh, what Jeff Hornacek did last year to Frank, which was, you know, Frank was, Frank was very good to start the season and he played well. And then like, as the season progressed, you could kind of see him lose confidence. And as he lost confidence, the leash got shorter. And if he started making mistakes, which to be fair, he made a lot of mistakes. Uh, Greg will tell you that he would just dribble up to the court and just pass the ball to the other team, which he did on occasion. It was his move. Yeah, that was his move. He did that on occasion, but when he did that, he would get pulled out immediately. And I think there's a certain aspect of confidence to playing basketball. And like when you're overthinking things and when you're thinking, oh, if I make a mistake, I'm coming out, you're more likely to make a mistake and it just doesn't really give you room to develop. So like while I agree with you that, you know, having other players that, you know, know the game is beneficial. I think the most important thing above that is just getting reps. And you have a lot of young players that you want to get reps. And I think it's more important for them to get reps than for them to get reps, you know, necessarily with the, with the right people. I do agree that that would be beneficial, but I don't think it's more important than them getting reps period. I think as long as they're getting reps and if they're put into a position to succeed, because if if these guys are getting reps, while being put in a position to fail, then I don't know how beneficial those reps really are. Greg, you need to straighten these guys out with anything? Well, one thing I'll say is that I think Courtney Lee would be better for the team if if he was one of those old vets who who just accepted his fate, like like a Vince Carter who just went to the Kings and then he went to the Hawks. He's like, all right, we're not going to win. I'm just going to hang out and get paid and I'll help these guys out. But it seems as though Courtney Lee is, is more like – you know, I'd like to win. I'd like to win some games. So it, it's he's in a tough spot. He he's just he never had the uh, the the superstar career that Vince Carter has. So he can't just be like, all right, I I did it. At the end of the day, he might be looking back on it. I mean, he started the rookie season. He went to the NBA Finals with the Magic, and then he got traded for Vince Carter. Oh. Wow. Full circle. And this was talking next. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> and Greg, I, I actually really did like that point because I think that is funny that Vince Carter, when you're a star and it falls off, there's that realization. Like, I'm not I'm not scoring 22 points a game anymore. I'm, I can throw my arm around this guy's shoulder. Courtney Lee's been averaging <laughs> 10 points for 10 years now. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that is very unique. Let's – um. We'll we'll wrap this up. We'll go around the horn quick. I know we normally, I think we normally want to do an over under or, or or something like that. What's coming up for for Courtney Lee? And these are all going to be ugly Instagram videos that make us look bad in thirty seconds. So don't be shy about it. Uh, how about is is Courtney Lee on the Knicks roster to end the year? I think we did this last year. We all probably would have got it wrong. Greg, I'll start back with you. Courtney, Courtney Lee on the Knicks roster to end the year? Yes or no? Well, I gave my explanation earlier. And I think yes. he is. I think he will be. Can he? Uh, yeah, no, I think Greg Greg convinced me. I think that uh, there's no reason for them to trade him for less than what he's worth this year. I think he will be on the Knicks uh, until the end of the year. I don't think he will be on the Knicks to start next year. Tommy Two-Tone. I, I wish I could argue with that, but I think he's going to be a Nick all season. And so, hey, we, we just run around the horn. I, I'm in the same boat. So Courtney Lee 
the 33-year-old getting paid 12 mil, who averaged 30 minutes per game last year, we're expecting him to be on the, the team the whole year. So I think that's, uh, that's I mean, going to be one, big. The one thing is a, a good team could have an injury and need somebody. So And that's what we waited for last year. When Andre Roberson went down, I thought that that was the trade that needed to happen because they Oklahoma City needed someone like that. But it never happened, so we'll see. Luck, luckily, OKC was still pissed at us for sending over Carmelo's corpse. But mm. I think we got to wrap this up. Uh, again, we're going to do player profile projections for some of the key Knicks this year and a grab bag app, a highly contested grab bag app. Um, if you listen, thank you so much. Uh, leave five-star review. Don't leave one less, unless you want to. Um, but uh, we appreciate it. Follow us at Talking Knicks, all that stuff, and uh, we appreciate you guys. Next take.